The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're thrilled to have Dr. Gans in for his uh, monthly segment. How does that make you feel? Hi, Gans. Hey, hopefully it makes you feel good. Well, you're sounding a little... <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit of a sniffle here, so I'm, okay. I'm on the upside of it. Though, okay, so. all right. Uh, it is that time of year, and this is what we mm-hmm. wanted to talk about. Uh, things <laughs> things change, oh, uh, man. Um, and the leaves are changing, and morning shows are <laughs> changing, and it's time for back to school for the kids. Yeah. And this can be a really tricky time time for both parents and the children can it well for sure you know what i mean like uh so change is always you know can be seen as stressful it's also an opportunity but for a lot of people going back to school it's a lot of fun it can be really positive but for some people it can be really stressful Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes kids have a hard time just with starting something new if they're going to a new school or going to kindergarten for the first time or you know junior high or high school yeah uh, or university university. college whatever it is yeah you know so it can be a really difficult time for for them but also for parents because um you know, uh, I, I know this is, it's not such a, a, as big of a thing in Canada as it is in the States, because in Canada, when kids go to university or college, they typically stay home or whatever. But mm. in the States, it's really, this is kind of like a, a whole ritual rite of passage thing. The kid graduates and they go away, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, you know, I know that there have been a lot of reports of parents really having a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, even depression yeah. over the whole idea of the kids leaving. But it can happen even when the kids go to k- kindergarten. You so. know, it's, it's interesting. That you know, I think back to to high school Gans and and one of my best girlfriends. She was like ninety plus student was going to mm-hmm. go on to become you know, whatever it was a med student or whatever got uh, scholarships that sort of stuff. Uh, got to university, lasted about two or three oh. months, and said uh, I can't do this. Yep. I I need to be closer to my family because mm-hmm. she was from Northern Ontario. She was going to school down in Southern Ontario. Mm-hmm. Just couldn't handle it. And and those pressures then to make that the pressure. Of trying to figure out how to deal with it when you're there, but then turning around and, and, and the pressure and the challenges of making those big decisions of, oh, yeah. I can't do this, right, right. Um, and, and, and the fear of disappointment. Right. Is is a really tricky one, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, and we've gone through that, you know, yeah. in our family, you know. Well, you, you know, it's interesting because when I was when I was in the states, when I was doing my graduate work, I was actually director of freshman education for the university I was at because, and this is what they found, that we had to institute a whole program, and mm-hmm. there, were, there was a class we put together, and a whole bunch of stuff that we put together to help people do exactly that. The the young, um, well, not young, young adults, I guess, um, transitioning into university, how do they make those big decisions? Mm-hmm. How do they figure out what works for them, what doesn't work for them? How do they make sure that they figure out their time management or their you know, some financial budget? Yes. How do they figure out how to study? You know, all those different things. So these transitions can be a big deal for a lot of people at every stage. There's there's a lot there when all of a sudden you don't really have any rules to follow except <laughs> what may be in the, the residence that you're That's staying right. in, right? That's oh, right. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so if we're taking a look at, you know, maybe let, let's talk, you know, four to, to eight the kids who, you know, might be in our lives right mm-hmm. now. Well, you know, because I think the university and the college ones, this most of this applies mm-hmm. uh, as well. But um, if you have uh, some younger kids and high school kids going back, you talk about being patient. Yeah. And uh, patience is, uh, I, th- I think, is a thin thing for many people these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 it's true. I, you know, there was, I remember... 
uh, a couple decades ago <laughs> when there was this promise that technology was going to make our lives simpler mm. and easier and we're going to have all this time and all this other stuff, right? Well, it's actually the opposite, right? Yeah. Because we have become more busy, just busier than we've ever been in human history. We have more information coming at us. Everything is moving faster. So uh, we do need to be patient with ourselves. And so I really encourage parents to be patient patient with themselves, but also be patient with their kids, whether they're, you know, kindergartners or, you know, graduate students, right, or yeah. anything in between. Understand that this, like, transition is hard, even if it's something that's positive that you're looking forward to. And this, in, in particular, this week coming up is going to be a transition week. So do not expect you or your kids to be at their best, right? Well, I mean, it's been a summer of, you know, you're maybe on holidays, yeah. kids are out playing till God yeah. knows when. You know, so the, the, you know, so just getting back into a routine is a little tricky. You have to be, I think, a little bit more realistic. Absolutely, um, realistic and understanding within these first couple of weeks. Yep, yep. just uh, know that you're going to be fuzzy. You're going to be fuzzy as a parent. You're probably going to be maybe a little less patient. So give yourself room for that, and you know, take try to get extra sleep. Just count to ten before you answer. Give maybe give yourself a timeout. Right? <laughs> give yourself a timeout. But also know the kids are also struggling, yeah. right? Because they're trying to get back into routine, and if particularly if they haven't been, you know, in, uh, let's say, a, a healthy sleep routine, for example. Yeah. It, they're going to be cranky. They're going to be kind of groggy and not going to be as sharp. So, Gans, if, if parents are a little bit off kilter, you yeah. know, going into this, what impact does that have on the kids? Well, kids are amazing little satellite dishes. Yeah. Okay. So what they do is they soak up all the energy that the big people around them have. And because they don't have the experience or the words to um, know what to do with it, they just act while well, they mm-hmm. amplify it first and then they act it out. Right. And so you might find that the kids are a little off or they might be, you know, fighting a little more with their siblings or a little less um, uh, agreeable when you ask them to do stuff. It's, you know, try to understand that that's kind of something they're struggling with, but they may also be reflecting a little bit of your energy too, so. Are there calming, and I don't know if mindfulness is the right word Mm -hmm. to use when it comes to children, Mm -hmm. um, but I'll I'll use it because I I think you know what I I mean by that. Are there mindfulness techniques or some calming techniques that that parents and children can do, maybe children can use even at a young age? Yep, absolutely. So I, I, I don't think there's any... That you're never really too young to learn to just kind of meditate, right? Or to even, I, I, for my kids, uh, we had this, we bought this little, you know, DVD um, of kids' yoga. Right? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It was great. My kids loved doing it when they're little. And, you know, when they did it, it's like, okay, as soon as they're done, right to bed, sleep, yeah. everything is good, right? They're very, very calm. So there are some great programs. You can go on the internet, look, okay. look at some of that stuff. There's some guided meditations that you can do. But even something as simple as, you know, let's, let's create a calming bedtime routine. You know what I mean? So it can be okay. Uh, an hour before bed, we put away all the screens. Mm. As we start to wind down, we turn some lights down. We might have a little snack with some, little, some protein, a little bit of fat in it. Um, we can kind of have a nice shower, bath, whatever mm-hmm. we're going to do. Go, go into bed, maybe read a story, cuddle a little bit. Yep. And, just, and, and if you let the kid know that this is what we're going to do to help us prepare, but it calms you down, but also calms mommy and daddy down. Mm-hmm. And I love spending this time with you. And this is what we're going to do to help us get into routine. Mm. And that, that in itself is going to, you know, it's going to calm the parents down, which in turn 
calms the kids down. And I think um, one of the things is, and I think sometimes we forget about it, and I know, you know, you know for, for me, animals love routine. Yeah. Uh, with a new baby in our world, we're learning that baby loves routine yeah. as well. Kids yeah. love Kids need routine. We all need they? routine, yeah. no matter what. And, you know, the kids, I, you know, I got a 15-year-old at home, mm-hmm. and he, he would like his own routine. But, yes. <laughs> but as much as they push against it, they need it, and they, they actually appreciate it, even though they, you know, kind of push against it a little bit. They really do appreciate it. They feel safer when there is some structure and some regularity and some, you know, um, some boundaries around things. So believe that, parent. So believe that, parent, it is. when Re- you're dealing regardless, with the crap. Regardless yeah. of what they throw back at you. Okay. Okay, they really need it, and they, they feel loved and secure by having some sort of regularity and predictability in their lives. All right, so as we talk about uh, beating back to school stress, we are talking about being calm and some structure there. Uh, We'll take a break here when we come back. Uh, We also need to celebrate. Absolutely. And Gans will explain that right after this. Dr. Gans, parents joining us for How Does That Make You Feel? And by the way, look at you. You're all over the place right now. You're on radio, you're in the office, you've got your book out, and you've started a podcast. Ask Dr. Gans with my pal Bryn. Yeah, great guy. Bryn Griffiths. Love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So much fun working with him. Yeah, so you can check that out as well at askdrgans.com. You can find anything (laughs) there, to be honest with you. And it's all about stress in all its different forms. And if you can't (laughs) wait for me to show up every month, and, you know, you got something to fill in in between. There you so. go. Okay, so um, as we talk about uh, beating back to school stress with the kids, uh, TikTok, and I, mean, I think some of the teachers uh, get back to school Well, yeah, you know, well. It's, it's true. And we don't often think about the teachers, but, you know, talk about stress on, mm-hmm. on them because they, they, they're ramping up, you know. They're, they're trying to get into routine themselves, but also there's a lot of prep work. I've, I come from a family of teachers, so my dad was a teacher, my mom was a teacher, mm-hmm. I got sisters that are teachers, I taught, my wife was a teacher, so I, I kind of know. Right, I know what goes on behind the scenes to get things ready for yeah. the, the you know everybody to show up in classroom, and it is a lot. And you know we really should take the time to be appreciative of the teachers in our world and our lives because all of us, you know, even though some of us may have had bad experiences uh-huh. with teachers in the past, many of us have had very very good teachers as well. And I think it's important to remember that. And you know, hats off to the teachers and all that they do to help create our society basically yeah. and keep yeah. everything functioning. Um, we wanted to talk about uh, celebration yeah. and how you can work some celebrating into um, back to school. And this isn't, you know, uh, a free-for-all. Well, yeah, it doesn't have to be a parade, right? It's, like, <laughs> right? it's just, just something to make the day and the week a little special, yeah. right? And and the idea and, of And this, you're talking like next week. Yes, next week, yeah. So the idea is that, you know, we're going to celebrate first. We're going to, and not really just, not even just celebrating first. We're going to celebrate you surviving first. Okay? Yeah. So the fact that you get up and go to school and you made it through the day, awesome. Or you made it through the first week, awesome, right? And so something simple like, yeah, we're going to go for an ice cream cone after. Or we're going to, you know, play some family games. We're going to watch, mm. go, out, go out to a movie on the weekend because, you know, yeah, just getting through the first week where we did it. We made it, right? And, you know, this is something we don't often do enough uh, in a, a deliberate way, I would say, for ourselves personally, but also for our families, is celebrate the things that we have done. And it doesn't have to be solving climate change or curing cancer, right? It can be those, these little things. <laughs> and doing that actually gives you fuel. I, I say celebration is a fuel for further success. And so it gives you fuel so you can help yourself continue to do well and just mark the fact that you've made it through something. Is that kind of like, is that kind of part of filling the bucket? 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You're filling yourself, you're feeding your soul, you're fueling your tank, whatever, however you want to look at it. You're you're filling the bucket, you're giving yourself things that help you get through. And it gives you that buffer for stress later on as well. Not just fuels more success, but gives you that buffer for stress. So some ideas that you throw out there, maybe, you know, after you got through the first day, maybe just go grab an ice cream cone. Yeah. Do you tell the kid that you're going to beforehand? That's a great question. Yes, you do. Okay. So, and, and there's a distinction here, okay, because it's not, it's not a bribe and we have to make sure we're not bribing the kids. We're not, you know, if you make it through the day, we're going to get to the, mm-hmm. right. We don't want to set that little dynamic up, right? Because it, it's really more of a, you know, I'm really looking forward to the end of the day. We're going to go. I'm going to pick you up. We're going to go stop McDonald's or Dairy Queen and get an ice cream cone. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to hear about your first day, yeah. right? So what you're doing is you're saying, you know, I, I, I have faith that you're going to get through this. But also, it's a big deal, and we're going we're gonna to do something mm-hmm. fun. And, you know, that little, that idea of telling them what's coming, right, is an important, and I, I know we talked about this probably like months ago, mm-hmm. this idea of what's called bridging. Yes, and yes. And you're bridging. So what you're doing, especially for young kids, when they're going to school and they're not going to see you for a while, you're letting them know, hey, I will pick you up. I will be there. And here's what's going to happen after school, right? That's so you're letting them know, thing. yes. Yeah. So you're giving them that sense that there is something that's going to happen after this new experience you're going to have. And it's going to be kind of cool mm. and, you know, sweet because it's ice cream involved. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Um, now, do we do this all that's like how often well you know look i mean you you don't want to do it for every day because you know it's then it loses its um its effect yeah yeah yeah. so you know you do it for the first day maybe something first week and you know then you look for stuff like a little more special you know hey you did really well facing that bully at school or you did really well on that test or whatever and those ones those are more like hey now that you have here's what's going to happen so those ones you don't have to set up ahead of time but like something like the big ones like you know getting through the first day or the first week i think you want to set that up ahead of time so the kids know what's coming yeah put a little bit of fun a little yeah, bit of absolutely. Uh, good energy out there yeah, right? yeah 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 because you know what there's <sighs> changing the dialogue around something that it is scary it is and and the the, the truth is too that it, it's not just been um ramping up in busyness and and information and activity for the adults kids are also far more stressed today than they were mm-hmm. 10 years ago 20 years ago, 30 years ago, because again, more stuff coming at them. The requirements for school have, you know, keep ramping up. Um, some programs are not as bad here in Canada, thankfully, but I know some places that, you know, they don't have as much recess, mm-hmm. you know, certain programs are getting cut. And so it's, it's, it can be a lot of stress on the kids. So doing something fun and making it a game and, you know what I mean? Having something to look forward to really does add that positive energy and then changes the whole dynamic around all that. You know what? I, I want to get into the next uh, thing because it, there's so much in um, in when it comes to feelings mm. that I think we can we can unpack here, and we're mm-hmm. we're got four minutes or five minutes before we have to take this next break. But um, I think it's important to you know um, allow your kids to um, to feel the way that they are Absolutely. are feeling. Right. Don't just like no, you know, be fine. Uh, suck it up. Like, listen, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, and you know, <laughs> for those of us uh, who were who were brought up in that whole, you know, hey, just rub some dirt on it and keep walking off. You know, walk <laughs> it off, right? Um, this is not, you know, real life is this way. They got to figure it out eventually, right? Um, <laughs> I understand the philosophy, but it's not actually correct for Mm -hmm. the kids, especially for little kids, right? Um, 
the, the truth is you can't force development. Um, there are certain things that happen in our lives as we, as we mature that there's a, like a window or, or a stage that you have to get to in order for some of these things to make sense. Yes, life can be rough. Yes, life is not rainbows and unicorns all mm-hmm. the time, right? But when kids are younger, it is important to give them a little bit of protection from some of the harshness of life. And so um, when they have their feelings, and you know, but honestly, even adults, right? Even yeah. all of us, when, when there is something that's giving us a hard time or there's some excitement or some happiness or whatever, making space, creating a safe space for feelings to be expressed um, and like acted out and verbally expressed, but also talked about is very important. How do you create the safe space? Well, just, just by letting them know that, you know what, whatever you're feeling is okay. And a lot of it has to do with our reaction as the adults mm. and the parents around, right? Uh, just like if you're talking to kids about sex or drugs or bullying or smoking or drinking or whatever, it's really about our attitudes when these topics come up, either when they ask or we see them on TV or they just come up in conversation, our attitude towards how the kids like what when the kids come up with you know <laughs> oh, I'm feeling sad or I'm angry yeah. or you know this is this is what's going on. I don't know what's wrong or right yeah. and sometimes they don't even have words for it right um, and just letting them know look you know talk to me let's let's you know you're feeling kind of hurt or today was a rough day hon you know it's okay come talk to me about it what what are you feeling and showing a little bit of time patience and and just openness to hearing what the kid is going through really can actually help whatever that feeling is to move through, especially the negative stuff, to help that move through a lot more quickly so they can get back to a place where they can function better. And, and what a great thing for, you know, developing the mm-hmm. parent-child relationship. Oh, absolutely. Talk about building that intimacy and that connection. Yeah. Yeah, when you when when the kid knows they can come and talk to you about anything, then you know when they're teenagers and they you know they're tempted to go do drugs or whatever, they can actually come and talk to you and know that it's okay to share how I feel or even ask questions. What is this marijuana thing or whatever? And Gans, I'm guessing that the language that we talked uh, uh, about a little bit, but the language and we've we've talked about this before. Instead of saying you know. Well, what's your problem? Why right. are you feeling this way? <laughs> right. Turning around saying, saying I, I, I'm noticing or yeah. I get the feeling, I, I get the feeling that you're having a rough go, that you're feeling sad, mm-hmm. you're feeling, is that something that you'd urge to do I, as well? I would, yeah, yeah, definitely don't make it, like, again, the harshness of the, mm. the energy that you bring to it, but but also the language about what you use, right? Like, you know, you, you, you seem like something's wrong. Yeah. Is there anything troubling you, right? Is there anything wrong? And you're sort of making the invitation for them to be able to have that conversation with you. But then also, uh, you know, for the little kids especially, even for like teenagers sometimes, <laughs> um, they don't always know how to define their feelings, right? So actually using some adult words to describe, oh, that feeling in your tummy, that might be, maybe that's anxiety. Maybe you're mm-hmm. feeling anxious or you're feeling yeah. scared. Is that what that might feel like? And helping them get some words to put around some of that stuff really can be very helpful and very honoring to the kids. I love this. It's that you had written out, just validating their emotions and approaching them with this type of energy helps the feelings to move through yeah. and be done so, so they can go into a new school year in a more positive way. Way, move through them. Absolutely. I like that. It's about moving through. It's not about pushing it away or burying it. 
So huh. it's, yeah, it's a different concept than a lot of us grew up with, right? Yeah. Well, you shouldn't feel that way. Why do you feel that way? No, no, you feel that way. Somebody said, if, uh, if God didn't want us to have feelings, we wouldn't have, he wouldn't have put them in us, right? <laughs> so that's just, that's just how it is, right? We're, we're allowed to have, feel what we feel and then be able to just let them move through and move on to the next thing. Dr. Gans Ferentz joining us as we talk um, back to school and beating back to school stress. Uh, we'll take a break here for the 3.30 news when we come back. We'll talk about schedules, you guys. <laughs> uh, a, a little bit more about uh, some, yeah, schedules, late nights, that sort of stuff. But I, I also have just a couple more specific questions regarding bullying and oh, yeah. stress. Mm. That's more right after this. Dr. Gans, Ference in studio, we're talking beating back to school stress. So we talked about being patient, about those little celebrations, mm-hmm. um, about um, giving permission for feelings, especially, you know, you know, kids who are still trying to figure out what some feelings may actually be. Right. Give them that safe space. But and that, that even some adults who are trying to figure yeah. out what those feelings might actually be yeah, as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. And, and this one, and... I mean, I think this one I should pay attention to, <laughs> to as well. Uh, no late nights. And then you go on to say, especially on the weekend. Come on. Oh, I know. I know. I'm not in everybody's good books for that little comment there. But, you know, listen, we all fall into it. I fall into it myself as well. Okay. But, you know, we have an opportunity because this is, what is this, Wednesday? So we got mm-hmm. like, we got two or three days in the yep. week and then we got, you know, the weekend and then school starts after the long weekend on, t- on Tuesday. So <laughs> we have an opportunity right now <laughs> to get our kids and ourselves into some sort of routine. Now, we don't have to, okay, we're going to bed at 2 o'clock tomorrow, we're going to bed at 10, right? Yeah. We can, excuse me, we can actually start to go to bed, you know, okay, well, maybe 1 tonight and then, you know, 12 tomorrow night and mm-hmm. 11, right? You can ease into it. Um, but the idea is to get into um, the right rhythm that's going to make it easier on Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and Thursday morning to get up mm. and to be able to get into this routine. Now, so so the the tendency that we all have is, oh man, oh, it's been such a rough week. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to stay up. We're going to have like, play games, we're going to party, we're going to watch the movie, we're going to do whatever, right? So the problem is yes. that... <laughs> right. And, and maybe find other ways to treat yourself because, yes, you deserve a break and everybody deserves to, like, we mm-hmm. talked about celebration before the news, yep. right? Um, but when you go too far out of your regular routine, so our bodies have a, a clock, a biological clock, we call it the circadian rhythm. Mm. And when we have that, when that's established... Uh, we function better once we stay within that rhythm. So if you go too far out of that rhythm, your clock actually starts to reset or your body gets confused. And so the typical the typical process is we stay up late on Friday night, Saturday night, maybe try to go to bed a little earlier on Sunday, but we have a hard time sleeping. So our body's kind of out of whack. So Monday morning, we're kind of dragging. Tuesday, uh-huh. we're a little bit better. Wednesday, somewhat better. Thursday, we're feeling, okay, this is, we're good, right? Friday, we have a good day, and then we do it all again, right? And so we're always in the state of, you're smiling. <laughs> I've done it too. This has been the story of my life for 20 years. So we're always in the state of perpetually catching up and then, oh, we made it. Okay, time to celebrate. Right? So, particularly with with kids, if you can stay within that routine, now you don't have to stay exactly within that routine, but if you can stay within about two hours of your wake-sleep schedule, you don't really reset the clock that much or at all. So, if if bedtime during the week is, let's say, 
nine o'clock. Right. Then don't push it past 11, 11. Yeah, on the weekend. Exactly. And you know, you can get the, the sleeping in is not so much of an issue. It's the when you go to bed, right? Um, and, you know, because with the other thing, when you stay up too late and you sleep in, then you have a nap and it just you have, kind of screws up your whole thing, right? But yeah, so don't, don't go to bed past 11 if your regular bedtime is 9. And then give yourself the opportunity to sleep in a little bit on, you know, the next day and stuff like that. And then try to get, ease back, ease yourself back into that routine by Sunday night. And you'll have a much better Monday mm-hmm. and Tuesday and Wednesday. You'll be sharper. You'll be more alert. You'll be in a better mood. Less coffee, right? <laughs> Chedville, how many of you are thankful that Dr. Gans doesn't have uh, like a little, isn't a little fly on the wall? I'm like not watching you all. <laughs> how long does it take to reset the circadian circadian rhythm? It could take a it could take a little bit of uh, a little bit of time, right, yeah. to get back into that routine. Yeah. So you know, at least a couple days, if not not longer, uh-huh. right. So this is why this is why we drag for the first three or four days when we get back, like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right. And that's why, and, and you just kind of watch yourself like I a- adults. It. I blame it on Sunday fun day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it's, it, it's, it's all the other stuff, right? Yeah. So, you know, we, we, our bodies, our bodies and our minds work better when we have schedule, right? Yeah. When we go to bed on time, when we wake up around the same time, eating regularly, like at, at regular times, your body is, is, um, ready to receive mm-hmm. the food, right? So, to, to be healthy and to, to function well, we need both structure and we need variety. We need the the, the balance, okay? Mm-hmm. So having some time for freedom and playing and all this other stuff and changing things up is great, but we also need some sort of routine yeah. in order for us to stay healthy and I happy. I just think we... we so we work so hard during the week. We mm-hmm. try to pack so much in on the weekend. Well, both things may be a problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> we may need to look at that approach. Yeah. Uh, we, I, I think our society has, we've got this bias towards busyness. And I don't know that that's actually really productive. Mm. It feels productive. Just like, you know, like multitasking, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah. Um, it feels productive, but it's not very efficient. It doesn't, when they actually look at it, you don't, you get, you get far less done when you're mm. multitasking than when you are doing one thing at a time. And so the same sort of thing generally with our, with our culture, we think, you know, well, I'm going on vacation, so I got to be super busy. I got to pack as much in. I got to take as many pictures. I got to go on every tour. Yeah. But you may not be enjoying it, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you come back, you need a vacation from your vacation. You know? So even on the weekends, let's say if it's, you know, 9 o'clock during the week, 11 o'clock, mm. or, you know, they're fighting, in, even if they're getting to bed like at 10 or 11, maybe not necessarily going to sleep, at least getting in to bed is that a start well yeah i think it'll be a start and i, I would i would see i would see if you can do the even the evening routine kind of similar right okay. it might it's not gonna be exactly the same because it like structure is different right but same sort of deal right start winding down a little bit before it's like oh crap it's 10 o'clock it's uh, get in bed quick yeah right don't want to reset the clock right um you really do have to ease into it right you, you can't drive your car down the highway at 100 miles an hour and then slam it into park that's not that's not good for anybody right and so you don't want to do the same thing to your your bodies, right? You, you want to be able to ease into it. That's Sunday night, yeah. Three <laughs> forty-five with Doctor Gans again. There's a Doctor Ga- Ask Doctor Gans the podcast now. Mm-hmm. You can check it out at askdrgans.com. Of course, Doctor Gans joins us every Wednesday, the last Wednesday rather uh, of the month. And uh, as we gear up for getting back to school, that's what the conversation is about today. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, I do want to talk to you a little bit about um, about bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, about 
about uh, about stress in children yeah. a little bit. And, um, and if there's some uh, questions on the text line, I'll take a peek yep, over absolutely. here too. Someone just texted and says, Sunday fun day, I love it. I like to respond <laughs> with this one if someone says, what's the occasion? First Tuesday of the week. That's right. <laughs> I'm <laughs> alive. So yeah. right, right side of the dirt today. Exactly. So. Made it through another day at work and I'm going to have an ice cream cone tonight. Yes. Uh, Dr. Gans joining us in studio. So as we head back to, um, to school, and, and this question is... Um, We'll talk a little bit about it here. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, great show. Can you ask him what he thinks kids will think when the city declares a global climate emergency? My sense is it would scare the crap out of them, and it's not 100% true. That's what this texter says. Right. I think you... I think he's being rather tongue-in-cheek and he's trying to get his message uh, 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 across about about climate change. But mm-hmm. it does raise a little flag there when, when kids hear something that is like, oh, what does right, that mean? Right, Well, you know, we talked earlier about the idea that kids are little energy sponges mm-hmm. and they're going to soak up whatever energy we, the big people, have around them and then act them out, or, like multiply it and then act it out, right? And so if there's like a lot of like um, crisis feeling or talk mm-hmm. in the air, they're going to pick up on it. Now there are there's there's what's called psychological or psychological inoculation, right? And and what that is, just like when you get like uh, an inoculation, yeah. like a vaccine or whatever, it's to help your body build up immunity. So if the actual thing shows up, you are ready to fight it, right? Mm-hmm. So psychological inoculation is the same idea. You want to start talking to your kids about real issues that are in the news now, and but you talk to them about. It, if you talk to them in a way that's age appropriate and and calm and you can start talking about you know yeah you know what it is important to talk about how we look after our earth, how mm-hmm. we look after, we, we try to, you know, most of us try to get the kids to clean our, clean the room. We for sure don't want them to leave dishes, you know, under the couch yeah. or whatever. So just like looking after your house, we have to look after our house that we all live on, mm-hmm. which is earth, right? And so starting to talk to them about some of these issues and um, what we can do to help keep everything clean, the air, the water, everything that we need to do, and and how important it is. If you start having these conversations early, then when some of the news starts coming out that this is, you know, it's uh, we're getting kind of tight here, guys, right? Yeah. And and so they're not going to be hearing this for the first time, starting to freak out. It's it's it, this is this is why you don't wait till the kids eighteen or they mm-hmm. start to go on their first date to talk to them about sex. <laughs> that would not be a good time, right? If that's the, if that's the first time they're ever yeah. being exposed yeah. to this, it's yeah. a little too much too too soon, right? So you want to you want to ease into it, start having conversations about whatever the topics are. In this case, climate change, having these top, these conversations early, so that you know when they do come across the news or something comes across Twitter or whatever, yeah. a new species dies or whatever, then then you know they're able to understand what that is and have uh, a place to to talk about it. There's some kids right now who are probably um, pretty nervous about going back to school because of bullying. Yeah. Um, and parents have to learn how to deal with bullying as well, and children have to deal with uh, learn how to deal with it. What are what are your tips on, on on dealing with bullying as we head back to school? So a couple things. One is you know schools are really trying more and more to take this much more more and more seriously, and many of them are doing a very good job with doing that. Teachers are more aware of it. Um, so bullying, there, there. To me, I look at three levels. So there's the individual who's getting bullied. There's also sort of the structure around them, so parents and teachers. But then there's also the other kids, right? The the environment, right? The 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 social group, and so with with 
with kids, it's important to let them know that if something is going on, they it's okay to talk about it. And, we, you know, we talked about being able to make that space, that yeah. safe space for the kids to be able to come and talk to you and stuff. So this is one of those things. And for parents and teachers, sometimes the kids don't always know, right? My my daughter was in grade one and she was being bullied by her teacher. Oh my and, gosh. Oh yeah, it was really bad. And we didn't know what was going on because, you know, was, I was brought up to trust and, you know, mm-hmm. trust, trust teachers, but I was bullied by my teacher when I was grade one and two myself, right? And I didn't know it was bullying because, you know, I trusted the teacher to be a grown person that was safe, right? So maybe I thought something's wrong with me. And I know my daughter had the same experience. And so what we found out eventually, but you know, what I know now is that it's important for us as adults to look for changes in behavior. Okay. So if the kid is like naturally happy and they start to be sad or they start to fear school, they're they're not having as much of a time or, you know, bedwetting as as another one for little kids. If they've been potty trained, everything's fine. They start wetting their bed again. Any kind of change in the normal flow of how things were were functioning, you kind of want to start to pay attention and start to look and and do a little bit of investigation because the little kids don't, again, they don't have the words and they don't always know that something's actually wrong. So you can actually start paying attention, look around. And, and try to figure it out. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of when we get talking about bullying, a lot of parents say they just want to go over and talk to the bully's parents and right. you, know, do, do, you know confront something like that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, okay. Mm. Well, you know, I, I think sometimes that's appropriate, right? Yeah. Um, the. Most most schools will have mechanisms within the school okay. to help to deal with some of the stuff. So I I would encourage people to go through those mechanisms first. Okay. So if it's going through the principal or the vice principal or having the you know both sets of parents sit down and talk or whatever they need to do, that's that's a much better way to go through it. But you know in the end you have to do what you need to do to protect your kid, right? So if you need to go and call up the other parents. But make that sort of like try to exhaust all the other uh, avenues first. And if you choose to do this, understand that um, you have to make sure your energy is strong and direct, but also calm and compassionate because you don't know what the other parent knows or whatever. So you can't go in there and be inquisitive or all this stuff, right? <laughs> do, do, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so, but you want to you wanna do your best to be a peacemaker and add the energy that's missing, right? If there's some anger and bullying happening, then what's missing is calm and love and compassion with strength, not not being a pushover. There's, okay. a, there's a way to be strong, but also to be compassionate. Dr. Gans, I think one of my um, uh, listeners is going to put you on the text, uh, on the, uh, on the, uh, what do you call it, on the, in the hot seat here, <laughs> wanting to know about uh, your thoughts on isolation rooms. Hmm. Okay. So I'll talk about the concept of isolation generally. Okay. So the idea, and this is something I learned from my psychologist and also some colleagues I have in the field. Um, the, the idea of isolating a child 
should only be done in terms of helping the child. It's, it's like the timeouts, mm-hmm. right? It's the same, same concept. A timeout really should be a sports timeout. It should be, uh, my team is down, we're falling apart, the other team's on a run, let's call a timeout, let's regroup, okay? So if there's if there's a stop stoppage of the flow in the classroom or whatever for a child, it should be to help that child to regroup. I don't, I'm not a believer in punitive timeouts, mm-hmm. that for mm-hmm. the, whether in parenting or in school or whatever, particularly with isolation, because what you're doing is you're using the child's attachments and their their sense of being part of the community, you're using that against them. Mm-hmm. So this is, it's it's kind of like akin to the shunning, right? That yeah. used to happen in old communities and stuff like that. You get shunned and you're yeah. no longer part of the community. Everybody turns their back on you. It's it's a, like a psychic death almost, right? And so to do that to a child is extremely mm. can be extremely damaging because then you're you're breaking down their sense of connection with their classmates, but also connection to you or connection with the other adults, and you're actually setting the stage for more difficult behavior. Even if you can control the behavior with the threat of punishment or whatever, you're only controlling that behavior and you're creating a, like maybe a more nervous child, but you're not really teaching them how to act correctly. Yeah. But to take a child out if they're having a hard time to settle or whatever and staying with them and helping them, showing them how to calm down or helping them calm down because of your calm, that is totally appropriate, I think. Uh, in uh, in a minute, Gans, uh, we talked about all of this and I know, I think, you know, I, I I look back at school, you know, being in grade two, and I'm not sure I felt stress or grade three. If I felt mm. stress, only when it came to doing math, I did. Feel, I, get, I would get nervous. I would get anxious, and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, stress, uh, more, I think, is 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 a more of a reality now for Absolutely. a lot of our young people. It is an actual reality. It's not. It's not just imagined. It's not. It that they're not just complaining, and we're not just imagining as parents. They there are lots of studies that actually show that kids today are far more stressed than they used to be, even like two or three years ago. Well, right. Okay. Um, they for a number of reasons. One is the greater demand in school. Um, a lot of us parents are under more stress, and so we're not as available uh, emotionally or as calm emotionally, so there's not even a place for them to come and be safe yeah. and feel grounded. But then they're also more exposed to just general information yeah. that comes at us from all the social media and the technology we have. So it is a real thing. So anything you can do to create that space of calm in your life and in your kid's life it will be helpful. I really Really suggest getting out in nature, turning off your devices every now and then, mm. at least once a week, would be very, very good. Dr. Gans, <laughs> Ferrance, joining us in studio. So much to think about. Um, Want to thank you for joining us again. Ask Dr. Gans the podcast uh, at the website. Ask Dr. Gans. Uh, Gans will be back in studio with me at the end of next month. Thank you for this. And hey, My kids, you know, parents and kids, good luck as you head back. Be kind to each other. Be kind to yourselves.